Why are police photographing our license plates? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. And our reasonable voice today is the animated creator of The Power of Hope, Kayla Love-Jones. The Power of Hope is a short animated film directed by Kayla Love-Jones. Kayla Love-Jones will be featured in Univision's Youth Awards on Thursday, August 13th at 7 p.m. Kalia Love-Jones is an ambitious animated filmmaker with a goal of empowering others. No stranger to hard work and commitment, Kalia divides her time between school, filmmaking, piano lessons, district honor band, first chair flute, and gymnastics. Kalia is an eight-year gymnast who trained with the former U.S. Olympian Chris Whaler at his gym in Los Angeles County. She is devoted to her filmmaking passion and confident that she can make a positive difference in the world and inspire more young women to pursue their filmmaking dreams. Kalia lives in Los Angeles, where she continues to look up to influential female figures such as Ava DuVernay, Rebecca Sugar, and Michelle Obama. Inspired by such female icons, Kalia spends hours every day drawing, crafting, and studying film so she can make unique animations of her own. With her motivation and strong support from her family, Kalia was able to launch her first captivating production called The Power of Hope, which is why we're here today talking to her. She even co-wrote the film's song with Grammy-nominated producer Ben Franklin and funded most of the project on her own by recycling and working odd jobs for her family and friends. The song is available, by the way, on all major music platforms. Now back to the animated film, The Power of Hope. It tells the inspirational story of a young woman with big dreams. Who does that sound like? When her mother falls ill, an inspiring architect grapples with feelings of helplessness, but moved by the words of Michelle Obama, our former First Lady, she finds the will to persevere and bring her dreams to life. 
So finally, welcome Kalia Love-Jones to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. You've done so much. I know it was a long introduction, but I wanted everyone to know. First question I have for you. What is your birth date? I was born on July 21st, 2006. Okay. July 21st, 2006. And we're glad to have you on the show. I wonder how are things out in L.A.? I mean, you know, there's so much going on. Everything okay with you and family and friends? Uh, Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, Been stuck at home a lot. Yes, how's that? Being at home Um, all the time. It's okay. (laughs) What can you say, right? (laughs) No, I know what you mean. I'm going to tell you something. When I was in the fifth grade... I knew I wanted to be in film, TV, actor, and I directed my first production when I was in high school. So I have a special appreciation for those for whom the call to create comes early in life. So, Kalia, when did you first realize film animation would define your life? Um, I can't remember exactly when I did realize this. Um, I've always loved animation. Uh huh. I can't put an exact date or year on it. Mm-hmm. But because it's I, it's like my calling. I just want to. I think I've always wanted to do it. So you kind of sort sort of took over a, a, a time period of time. You sort of grew into the idea, and suddenly you realized, oh my God, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. As you grow and experience and try things, I know you must, on a daily basis, from what I've read about you, you are busy creating and and not only creating new things, which is a wonderful thing, but you are also discovering new things, trying new things. Tell us a bit about a normal day in your life as an animated filmmaker. What do you do, a typical day? Um, A typical day for me is like... I. I a typical day for me is like um, I draw a lot mm-hmm. during the day, um, and I'm coming up with stories in my head and just putting them down on paper. And um, I have to I like to practice music too. Mm-hmm. I practice playing the piano and the flute. I was just going I to t- ask: Is do you play something? in addition to the flute, but I'm not surprised you play the piano as well. Did music pique your interest as far as creative arts are concerned before film, or did they come together? Did they sort of marry in your mind? Um, I've I've been playing, I've been doing music since I was in fourth grade. Uh Uh-huh. And they kind of, music and animation, like art, animation, they just like came, came together because I love them both mm-hmm. a lot. And music is, has, its, has its own way of telling a story. It's its own language. It has its own stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can work well with animation because they both tell stories. Yes, I started out in music too. Uh, I don't know that I knew as clearly as you seem to, to know. I don't know that I saw the connection necessarily in the beginning I could sing and I was in the fifth grade and I was a boy soprano of course in the fifth grade my voice hadn't changed and and because I could sing I got a lot of attention from the music director there with the school choir and 
like the Glee Club or whatever they called it in elementary school. And one day he just all of a sudden moved me to the alto section. And I, I cried because I was an alto and I didn't want to be an alto. I was used to singing the melody. And, and he taught me a lesson very early after rehearsal. And what he, what he told me was, Marcello, you have a strong voice. The sopranos don't need your help but the altos do because the harmony is more difficult. That sort of did it for me and, as I said, directing and creating movies came a lot later than it did for you. So you saw the marriage between music and filmmaking, particularly um, uh, animation, and you are comfortable telling stories with each. How was, how was it to be the co-composer of the film's uh, song with Ben Franklin? Uh. It was really fun to compose the song with Ben Franklin. Um, he's a friend of the family. Um, my dad knew him, so so I lo- it was fun. It was fun to work with him. Great. How does your dad know a Grammy-nominated producer? Um, I I don't know. They they talk a lot. <laughs> people meet people. That's another thing about this business. Everybody knows somebody. Always remember to be nice to everybody. <laughs> so, you know, that's not a bad launch for anyone uh, for a career to be able to work with a Grammy-nominated producer. How was, how was Ben Franklin to work with? Uh, it was really fun, very comfortable since um, he's, a, he's a family friend. Mm-hmm. So how long did, the, did it take to compose the song? Um, um, I don't know, like two months, two, two weeks. Two weeks, okay. Did you guys sort of, I've worked on musicals as a director a great deal, but um, I've never worked when there were two composers involved. So teach me, how, how was, did you, did one say, oh, this will sound good and try it out on the piano and the other said, yes, but this would be, if we do this or whatever, did you compose on the piano? Did you hum a tune? How did you guys work? Um, I feel like um, he did a lot of the work. I, um, I would just give out ideas. Um, I would put, give out input on the things that he came up with and just try to help as much as I could. I would, I gave input on the, I, I would give input on like song lyrics that I wanted to hear. You know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's my next question. I love the lyrics to the song. And is the song also the same as the title of the, your film, The Power of Hope? Yes. Okay. Tell tell me about some of the lyrics. I mean, I really found them, well, as you say, they tell a story. Even as phrases and ex- excerpts of it, like, uh, I don't know, yeah, we're going to win it. Are these the kinds of lyrics that came from you? We've got the power of hope. Tell us about some of the lyrics that you thought would work or you were looking for that were particularly meaningful for you and, and why they were meaning to you, meaningful to you. Uh, I was trying to make uh, the lyrics like fit in with the movie, with the power of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I wanted the song to send the message like believe in yourself and motivate yourself and be confident where do you get your confidence um I feel more confident when I look up to my heroes mm -hmm. um, some some of my heroes are people like Michelle Obama and Ava DuVernay Rebecca Sugar um, and a strong woman mm -hmm. so um, I'm a big fan of uh, Ava DuVernay as well uh, I don't think she follows me on Twitter, but I follow her. <laughs> but what what particularly about her, since we sort of have her in common, uh, was it her films, 13th, or, uh, or something else? Because she's quite politically active too, and she's on social media a great deal, but what sort of reached out and touched you? Um, she's a woman filmmaker she's a strong woman in the film industry yes and she wants the same for everyone people like you she wants other women just the same as you do she wants you want young females your age she wants females her age but you both want women to be able to create and film and on camera as women from a from a female point of view is is that accurate yes yeah. I wonder what, when you, and I've only seen stills from uh, A Power of Hope, but what, I mean, it's, some of it is just so beautiful. And I'm, I'm just wondering how something about your life and, and family and where you live and going to school, all of that, because at, at your age, well, at any age, uh, our creations come from the life we're living, both the real life we're living and the imagined life we live. Where do you live uh, emotionally, psychologically, and mentally when you're creating animation? Um, I live... I, I've been... Most of the things, like the stories I write or the things I make, they've, they've, like everything else in my life has a big influence on the things that I make, mm -hmm. the things that I think of. So I'm, I feel I'm at home when I'm making, when I'm, when I'm being creative. Mm -hmm. You, you feel at home when you're being creative. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. Sometimes you forget yourself in the in the moment you get so involved in your characters and the animation that you forget where you are because you're with them? Yes. Yeah. I know the feeling. That is such a great feeling. Wow. I um, And I'm so happy you got to start. You felt this calling and discovered this uh, at, at such an early age because you've got decades <laughs> you know to enjoy it and develop it and learn from it and as you say empower other people what what was your family's reaction when you you first told them this is what I want to do I remember the first time I said to my family I'm 
I'm going to be an opera singer. Tell me, how was your family's response? Um, my family was supportive of me when I said that I wanted to um, be, make films, but they, I had to, they told me I had to work for it and mm. earn the money for the film to fund it. And um, my family, the film is complete now, and we're just trying to get it out there. And my family is still supporting me in the process. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break. We've been talking to Kalia Love Jones. I just love her name. Kalia Love Jones. You got to love that. You know she's going to be creative. In any case, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a short break. Please stay with us. Kalia mentioned funding, family saying, okay, but you got to come up with the funding. And that's the thing that's always the hurdle that some cannot crossover, but Kalia Love-Jones, our guest today, our reasonable voice today, has done that, and we'll be right back in a moment to find out how she did it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Andy Fell Minute. In history class, most of us learn that the Civil War ended the institution of slavery in America. The 13th Amendment declared that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude should be legal in the land, except as a punishment for crime. It is this conspicuous loophole that award-winning director Ava DuVernay explores in her blistering documentary, 13th. Through a series of interviews with academics, businessmen, and politicians from both sides of the aisle, along with horrific historical photographs and modern video footage, 13th makes the case that slavery never disappeared in America. It only changed form. First with the Jim Crow laws of the South, then in the 80s as the war on drugs, and now with the disproportionate mass incarceration of black Americans. The subject matter is difficult, but DuVernay has edited the film so as to make it impossible to turn away. There are no moments of silence, no places to catch your breath. Hip-hop lyrics punctuate the film's segments, relentless in their plea for justice. If ever a film deserved to become required viewing across America, it would be 13th. Watch it tonight. 13th. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, and my guest today is Kayla Love-Jones. She is an animated filmmaker, and she and her work will be featured at the Univision's Youth Awards on Thursday, August 13th at 7 p.m. Her animated film is The Power of Hope, and she was very much involved, especially with the lyrics, in composing the song the power of hope. Her goal with using her art is not just to create the art for art's sake, but to create art that inspires other women, girls, females of all ages. So, Kalia, some of the things we were chatting about during break, let's see if we can remember them, because I loved your answers, because California seemed to be coming out of, I mean, leading the way in its response to coronavirus, COVID-19, and by the way, for all the, the technical medical people out there, I know it's SARS-CoV-2 that we're really dealing with, but coronavirus has become the popular term, so we stay with it so everyone knows what we're talking about. But Kalia, you're in California. California was doing some good stuff, it seemed, teaching us all how to, you know, to get through it, and then things just came back on the state. How is it in L.A.? 
things had started to open up again, but now they're things are just closing closing back down again. I've been just mostly been staying home, trying to stay safe. You know, and I do that too. I'm very fortunate. I mean, I, I'm not able to to be out there on set and all that or theater. Although I I do have a lot of young people on my staff. And they're saying, oh, but you can rehearse on Zoom, boss. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to master that. I'm still in the process. you have a special room at home that's where you can go and create your work? Yeah, I have. Staying at home has given me a lot of time to draw and practice music, too. Yeah. Do you have a piano at home? Yes. Oh, excellent. Excellent. What music do you prefer? What's that genre that's your favorite kind of music? I, I think I, I just like any kind of music, but I probably favorite would be just classical music. Oh, wow. Boy, we do have a lot in common. All my f- friends like very different kinds of music, but I was the only one in the crowd who liked classical music. How did that work for you? I think I started liking classical music when I started playing it Mm. in middle school band. We would play a lot of classical music, and so I started listening to it more because I would listen to the music that we were playing, and then I'd find more things that I liked. Excellent. After all, you are first chair flute, so that's no small accomplishment. Do you have a sort of creative process, a system, how you prepare the steps for making an animated film? Do you just sit down and let it flow? Or, or how do you create? The Power of Hope is my first film. So the process for making The Power of Hope was like around last year, 2019, is when I started coming up with the idea of the story. I, I was coming up, I was drawing things and figuring out what I wanted in the film. And once I knew what I wanted, we had to, I had to go find a, a crew to work on the film. Mm-hmm. And, and that was probably the hardest part because this, this is my first film and we don't really know anybody in the film industry. So finding people was really hard. But once we found a, I found a crew working on the film, we started working on the film and now the film is finished and we're just trying to get it out there and noticed. Distributor, yes. So what kind of crew members did you need? What, you know, job titles, what did they do? I needed animators and composers for the music, editors to edit the whole film. And where did you find them? I mean, since you said, because this is new for you, and you didn't know people in the film industry, how does one find a crew to make an animated film? That's pretty ambitious. It took a really long time to find people for the crew. We would send out emails and go to colleges and ask people. Um, And it seemed like a lot of people wanted to work with a 13-year-old. Finding a crew was kind of hard. So you... If I'm not being too personal, how tall are you about? Uh, I don't know. Okay. The only reason I ask is that you said you went to college and they didn't want to necessarily, they weren't jumping for joy to work with a 13-year-old. I just think you're remarkable. I don't think I, well, I don't have to think about it. I know 
I wouldn't have had the courage at 13 to go on a college campus and say, oh, I'm making an animated film and I'd like you to work on it with me. So it's challenging and you're making that clear, but how did you finally convince people? What did you do? How did you change their minds? Well, you just had to find the right people. Finding somebody who was actually willing to work with someone my age. Were the animators game with the pandemic and whatever, but this is not all that unusual, even in normal circumstances. Were they all working in their particular areas, their home, their studio, separately? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is so good. How was the Power of Hope funded? I got the funding in a bunch of different ways. I had money saved up from recycling. I've been recycling for a while, so I, I have money saved up from recycling, but I also used birthday money and Christmas money. The money I got from like family on holidays, I used that on the film. So your family, you know, they give you money on the holidays, birthday, Christmas, whatever, and you've been saving. You must be one heck of a good saver. And you put this all together pretty much out of your own fundraising, out of your own personal stash. Is that what happened? Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Good heavens. Well, <laughs> Another thing, I'm just curious. Did you create the hashtag Black Girl Magic? No, I didn't. I didn't create the hashtag Black Girl Magic, but I I thought it fit. It was fit for the movie. Uh huh. So I've been using it on Instagram. Ah, very good. And of course, being 13, you're completely savvy with all the social media. You could teach me volumes, I'm sure. Right. Um. A little bit. <laughs> well, at least you know Instagram. I haven't mastered that yet. I keep getting, you know, people will follow me or like something, a photo I took or something, and then I follow them back. And then, uh, <laughs> yes, and that's about it. I heard that little laugh. Okay. <laughs> but you do more than that, I'll bet, don't you? Mm. Yeah, we promote the movie through Instagram. Exactly. See, you put a movie out through Instagram. How do you put out a movie on Instagram? Well, we try to get more people to notice it through Instagram since it's such a big social media mm -hmm. site. So we try, so we post things to promote the movie to get it noticed. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, quite a few people have noticed it now. Yes, I've noticed it too. So there, I found it on Instagram. And I actually know more about Instagram now because of you, because of my trying to figure it out to find you. I mean, I had the link that was easy. I just love learning new things. And I'm not as adept at social media as you are, but, but clearly you've inspired me. Hey, there you are. That's part of what you want to do. What, what makes you believe animation can empower others, by the way? What gave you um, that idea? I think animation can empower people of all ages. I wanted to make the film animated because I thought because it would be it's probably the best way to get it to people who are young or people who are my age. Mm -hmm. But I think animation can reach also reach adults, yes. people who are um, older, because animation has a story to tell, and if just if you're willing to listen, you can learn something from it. Mm -hmm. 
And plus, the song does so much of that messaging, too. It really, um, again, going back to the lyrics that I, I've just got to me, anyway. Even as an adult, I would sit there with the children and cry, your Bammy died, and laugh and cheer at, uh, you know, at other parts. And not just Bammy, but a, a lot of animation. And animation has come such a long way since, you know, I was a kid. Do you look back at older animation when you were sort of becoming an animated film creator? Or did you, how do you feel the comparison between animation that was made before you were born and the animation that you are doing now with your crew? I like I like old Disney animation. I watched I've I think I've watched all of the old most of the old Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still do watch them on Disney Plus now. And and I think you learned so much from them. I mean, it was just uh, fabulous. So, what do you do when you're not making an animated film? I do I do a lot of drawing and just trying to come up with ideas. I practice music, and before the pandemic, I was doing gymnastics, but now gymnastics, a lot of season has been canceled. Yes. Have you added to your list of heroes, as opposed to heroes, heroes, and and why? Has it grown at all as you, as you venture into becoming your own hero? Have you, have you, latched on to any other women who inspire you? I mean, you've got three great ones, there's no question. But uh, any others uh, you're, you're seeing now on the horizon? I've been inspired by Oprah and my mom. My mom is an inspiration to me. Yeah, that's great. That's terrific. How about your friends at school? Do they kid you and give you a hard time? Or were they excited, wanted to be involved, or what? Well, I haven't, I haven't seen my friends since the pandemic oh, yes. started, but I have gotten some emails, like my friends saying that they've seen an article about me and saying congratulations on the film. The article was The Signal, local newspaper. And so we know you're on Instagram, and what is it, Instagram at the power of hope movie? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's your, what's your handle on Twitter? The Power of Hope 2. Yeah. Twitter at The Power of Hope 2. Facebook at The Power of Hope Film. And TikTok. I wanted to ask you about TikTok. TikTok at The Power of Hope Film. What is TikTok? TikTok is a social media that... You can post videos on these videos are like can be up to a minute. You could post videos of like doing a dance challenge or just saying something funny. All right, and is is it something that uh, is primarily geared toward uh, people your age or under twenty one, or can I get on it? I think it's for everybody. Okay. As soon as I thought I was almost close to understanding Instagram, along came TikTok. I went, oh, God. <laughs> Any sisters and brothers, or are you an only child? I have an older brother and younger sister. And how do they feel about all this? this my, my siblings are supportive of me. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to have to have you back on the show 
when you know as things progress how are you thinking about school and what is it looking like out there in LA for you and all the people your age getting back to school what is it going to be online or what what are the plans you think I think school is going to be online for a while I don't know when we're going to go back or how schools school is even going to be when we get back yes how does that work for someone in your age bracket you're in middle school yes going into ninth grade what is that like i mean i know what it's like for a person with gray hair but what is that like especially for a creative person who has so many different artistic disciplines that you enjoy and that you're good at does it help that you're alone because you can create better that way or is it stifling i mean did you ever get ideas by being out with friends or taking a walk or getting on a bike and taking a ride and now all of that sort of curtailed how is it affecting you now i've had more time to draw and be more creative i have more time to to myself to think about things like think of a story or come up with ideas Mm -hmm. and i have a lot more time to play music now so you're finding the silver lining yeah yeah good for you i'm not surprised kayla Love Jones. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and listening to you and and all that you've accomplished at such a young age. And what's your what's your next project? Do you have any in mind? Any storyline or? The Power of Hope is so new right now. So um, currently, there's no other no other projects in the works. I'm just trying to get trying to get the Power of Hope out there, getting oh. it noticed. Okay. So people can best find the power of hope on a number of uh, social media platforms. Again, Instagram at the power of hope movie and Twitter at the power of hope two number two, Facebook at the power of hope film and TikTok at the power of hope film. So in Miami, Kayla Love Jones will be featured in Univision's Youth Awards on Thursday, August 13th at 7 p.m. in Miami, Florida. All right, we wish you all the very best. Our reasonable voice today, Kayla Love Jones, already has produced an animated film short, The Power of Hope, and was a co-composer and lyricist of the song by the same name. And we are so pleased to have had you on the show that you... Uh, took the time for this. We appreciate you calling in, okay? Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. All the best to you, Kayla, and to your family and friends and, you know, and the crew and everybody who's in this with you, okay? Thank you. All right. Bye now. Bye. This just in. The Power of Hope will be in Shorts by the Sea Film Festival in September 2020. And now, the song... The Power of Hope. Music and lyrics by Grammy-nominated producer Ben Franklin and our guest today, Kalia Love-Jones. We've got that
yeah, we winning. Keep on rising, we gon' take it to the limit. Bright lights, yeah, we winning. We gon' take it to the top. Yeah, you know we gotta get it. And when you're having a bad day, don't let it get in your way. Just shake, shake, shake it, shake it. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. February, month of heart, health, black history, and Valentine's Day. Ever love someone so much you hold them so closely you feel yourself melding into them? If not, then it's time to embrace the whole truth. Why cardiovascular disease is America's leading cause of death? How half-truths rot the whole, and discovering the cure and recapturing a Valentine's joie de vivre for two. Sometimes silently sharing a sun-warmed bench and coffee is as crystallizing as a warm fire and wine conversation. However, time waits for neither man nor woman, because connection, like time, is more finite than infinite. Because in the heat of foreign battle, local road rage, and executive treason, death and destruction are indiscriminate, and timing remains divine. Courage is seeking loving communion in the face of a new winter's dawn, 
while tenacity is continually tilting mind, body, and spirit ever closer to the bright sunshine of civil discourse, before our most hope-filled rays of daylight hours release us with a nip, slipping us into a less chaotic future of refreshing renewal possibilities, saturated with hearts beating in unison, in an as yet barely imagined breath longing to nibble at our ear, begging only this one plea, even if it's too soon to hear and too late to listen, attend. For the greatest criminal delusions of February, one, twenty-eight days can emancipate our Obamacare story, Two, believing hidden history texts left to pale faces masquerading as Cupid while massacring a nation's global loving. Three, once a year flowers can sweeten a box of chocolates life filled with heartless touching neglect. Myopic TV news media, too often casting us as background to their noise, must first make all fall for puppeteers peddling disruptive distractions before staining our discerning gray matter with heartbreak. Ultimately, however, after flatlining on a Trump-Pence administration, all but rendering us brain-dead, we are the only defibrillator paddles that can restart America's Good Samaritan heartbeat. However... Although a willing ally, time cannot always remain on our side if we willingly side with the ignorance of denial, bigotry, and hate over faith in civility, unifying hope, and love thy neighbor as thyself. With tax breaks for the wealthiest, putting Mulvaney's boot on the necks of Americans struggling from paycheck to paycheck, there is no time to stand between shrinking tax returns and shutdown encore without each other. Before a braggadocious Goliath shell pitching at fever pitch, ice-cold hearted orders ordering unnatural emergencies, filling neighborhoods, borders, and penal rooms with racial venom, full security, and an absence of parental hugs and kisses. When cabinet heads, attorneys, and executives can't tell the difference between blackmail and threats, payoffs and campaign contributions, or catch and kill from caught on camera, then maybe we the people should be knocking on the outhouse of whites' only supremacy, asking why are billionaires happiest during POTUS executive time? When in our heart we know we've done the very best we can, letting go is not defeat, but the realization that talking alone is too expensive. To reach more who will listen, we must listen more, for not even reason is a match for those who choose to be unreasonable. While Einstein was probably intellectually skewed toward nature enough to reason as go the bee's knees, so too will those with aspirin between their knees depart, still in denial of how much they aided and abetted the arrogance, greed, and stupidity that diminishes love and life. Is it too late to save love of life by blocking potentially fractured pipelines of fracked gas and heeding the increasing repetitive speed Connecting mounting floods with mudslides and sinkholes? Even in the shortest month, overflowing with rediscovered overdue exchanges of loving unions of every kind, we have been given enough time to grasp we need more than medical, historic, and loving-like denial to reach America's promised land dream. Remembering adrenaline is most positive and best enjoyed when shared, true love makes every day. Valentine's Day. While there is time, embrace in heartfelt compassion and passionately pursue a life of self-evident truths, loving our neighbor's history as much as we love the one we hold in our arms at the end of the day.
even if only in our memories. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.